Hey there, listeners. It's John. Something that came as a bit of a shock to me is that we haven't really explored the process of flashbacks. So I figured since flashbacks are a part of Adam's GMing style, I'd put my thoughts out there regarding this concept. Considering there's plenty of players out there with an idea for a character and a backstory, it's a shame that oftentimes so much of it gets left on the cutting room floor. I'm sure there are cases against using flashbacks, but I'm a big fan of them. You see, flashbacks are for the other players primarily. They're there to entertain and inform. You're taking a chunk of your backstory and fleshing it out, complete with an event, and that forms a scene. If you can mention in a session, it's done passively and not worth a flashback. Now, in this exploration of crafting flashbacks, I've decided to detail some characteristics, rules, and suggestions that could help you craft your own. Something I feel is important to consider is whether the flashback can be tied into the main conflict. The best way to determine this is to work with your GM. So the more you collaborate, the more you're both on the same page and the better the execution. Since your GM knows the story moving forward better than you do, they will know best on when to deliver it for that maximum impact, not only for your character, but to add life to whatever setting the characters are in. Just as importantly, you'll need to identify what you're trying to convey in the flashback. The question you should ask is, what is the purpose? Is it the reason for the character's overbearing flaw, their hidden shame, or great trauma? Perhaps it explains their motivation for completing the quest. Remember, the more it surfaces for your character, the more you're suggesting to the rest of the players that you want to talk about it. Something I think is crucial for developing a flashback are things like setting, environment, and tone. Setting includes concepts such as location, event, and time frame, and lore can really flesh this part out. It's there to serve as a foundation on where the primary character is. For example, maybe there's a weekend harvest festival in Springfield. Keep that in mind, as we'll carry this example throughout the process. Now, let's move on to environment. In this context, my definition of environment is broad. It's so much more than just the weather and geography. It's the plants and animals, people along with their culture and religion. Of course, trying to insert all this information encourages brevity. If you can't, don't worry about it. Just prioritize on the purpose you're conveying. And if you can splash in some environment, you're already bringing your setting to life. So in the weekend harvest festival example I used earlier, let's add some environment. Let's say it's a sunny day. There's a breeze that's come through the nearby mountain pass. Children are running about. Guards are content, half alert, and maybe participating in the Jubilee. For extra immersion, you can throw in some sensory input throughout the flashback. Is the character lost in thought? Or does the character smell the fresh grain, feel relief from the cool breeze, or hear the laughing children? The character isn't just a camera, they're experiencing this. So, moving on to tone. This one is all about atmosphere, or setting up a change to the story. Here's where you can use prose and descriptors to pepper throughout the flashback, framing the kind of mood you're going for. Changing from cheery descriptors to ones that invoke anxiety, foster a sense of anticipation for the listener, and facilitate a change of pace, usually heralding an event on the horizon. Say, for an example, an eclipse takes place during this harvest festival. The use and transformation of descriptors help put the listener in the front seat of this flashback. So, along with the elements that go into the creation process, there are also some rules that I try to maintain. 
One such example is the power of show, don't tell. Exposition should be kept at a minimum, as dry, long-winded expositions can distract the listener and break immersion. Which brings me to my next point. Brevity. The dialogue needs to have a purpose. You're only allotted so much time to convey the purpose of the flashback. Don't get lost in the weeds with conversations that go nowhere with people who have no impact in the story. On that note, keep at most just a few named characters for any given flashback. Also, keep it real. If your party started at level 1, your flashback shouldn't be you slaying a dragon. Instead, it could serve as the introduction of that big baddie that causes the eclipse and your motivations to stopping it. Okay, so now you're ready and you've got some ideas for creating your flashback. And that being said, there are some things to keep in mind during finalization, such as the use of present tense. This positions the flashback as the current activity rather than just a memory. The character is reliving this experience. Now, in that same vein, try using an active voice to keep things fresh. This is something that Zach taught me, so thank you, Zach. What this basically means is that you focus on the action within a sentence. If we were to describe the action of an eclipse, I could say that the land is covered in darkness, or I could instead say darkness covers the land. You see, I'm assigning the activity to the darkness and therefore breathing life into the sentence. Also, it never hurts to read your flashback aloud, trust me. This helps find issues relating to grammar, pacing, focus, and time. Now, go and tell the story that's in your character's beating heart and tell us about it in our Discord. We'd love to hear about our listeners' creations and we're all jazzed to help in whatever ways we can to make your character pop. Now, adjust your seats in their upright positions, keep your arms inside at all times as we make our departure for episode 106, Kristoff the Record. What is happening, Southern Tom Fury? How we doing this fine Thursday? Good. It's a Thursday. Good. Well, fair to Midland. How about yourself? <laughs> Best day fair of the week. Midland. Fair to Midland. I like that shirt, Heath. It's a nice shirt, man. It's mm-hmm. like a good quality shirt. It looks it like is. a Zach shirt. I was just going to say. It does look like a Zach shirt. Well, that's, 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 that's why Clearly, that's it. why I like it, you know? <laughs> By which we mean it's it's plaid, but not shirt, up. collared. It, it looks nice. nice it does. It looks good. You see you trimmed up your beard there too, Heath. I did. I made a mistake. I was going to say, that <laughs> makes me a little sad. I like bushy. I always, I always regret it. It gets to a point where I'm like, I hate this. It's got to go. And then I shave it and I'm like, I made a mistake. No, <laughs> Every it, time. it wasn't that. Like, it, I'm fine with it. I think it looks good. It's that I was just like trying to lightly trim it and I made a mistake. Like uh, I literally <laughs> okay. yeah, I I've, I've lost that. my mustache that way a number of times. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a, a number of mustache incidences with, yeah. with you. Try and clean it's it up incidents. a little bit, bring it in on the sides, and then it's just like, nah, the whole thing's got to go. Yeah. Oh, man. Sometimes. Josh, I, I mean, shave. John, what's going on on your phone over there, buddy? 
Yeah, I'm call you out. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I was actually silencing my phone. Have you okay. silenced your phone? Oh shit! Yeah, no, I haven't. I heard. did that before we pressed record. My phone. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard my ringtone in five years. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, even know what it, what it is. At. I don't. Yeah. I really don't even know what it is. I really don't. You don't have specialized ringtones for people. I don't. I have that. a singular buzz for everyone. <laughs> Zach said they're like my phone can ring. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I'm in the same boat. Like, I I don't use ringtones ever. No, yeah. neither do I. Yeah, same. I mean, I got smartwatch, so vibrate. I'm I'm going to feel like you know. I'm gonna know. I don't need it blaring out to everybody that hey, this guy's getting a phone call. Look at him. I do have a ringtone for my alarm. Well, yeah. Does that count? Oh no, my God. I mean, no, no. no. John, please tell me that you have a ringtone, like an actual phone, a sound that comes off of your phone. When it rings? Yeah. When it rings? No. Yeah. Yeah. Vibrate, baby. That's all you need. Now I'm wondering, is this a girl thing? Or am uh, I just like... Mm, that's no. just an Emily thing. Uh, that might thing. be fair. Okay. Huh. Why well, would I want that making noise? Come on, man. Well, because this is my reasoning. I'll tell you why. If my default ringer goes off... I probably ain't going to answer that shit because I don't know you and or like you enough to give you a special ringtone. So that's where my brain is on that. Do I mean, any of us have a special nah, ringtone, nah. Emily? Yes. No, okay. she doesn't answer any of our calls. What are you talking about? I mean, how <laughs> often do y'all call me? It's all Discord. Literally never. Like, If I have to get a hold of Emily, I, I'll just message her. Okay. Do you have. But now I want to call like, you so that I can see what my ringtone is. It's all dang twinkle dang. Is it really? Nice. Yeah. Oh wow. That's cool. That's fun. All of ours are dang twinkle dang. Yes. Okay. I mean, Including I appreciate mine? it. Look, look. Yes. Respect. Well, why am I not hearing it right now, Emily? I'm calling because you. I have right it now. on mute. This is on silent. Ding dong. <laughs> because I'm <have> respectful. <laughs> well, none of us are going to call, call you during this. <laughs> Oh my gosh! This is not what I wanted We're to start today. Well, this, this is how it goes, with. dude. This is how it uh, goes. Yeah, I know it is. Uh, well, We've learned, learned a lot about each other today. Okay. Mm-hmm. We learned a lot about Emily today. We found out well, that she's from a county, not a city. That was mm-hmm. before we started pressing. Recording. I learned an intimate detail about Zach. So What's I that? mean, oh, well, I'm not going to say it. Well, it's now intimate. you got to share it with the whole class. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon we goal. all knew that he liked plaid collared <laughs> shirts, Emily. That's <laughs> Adam. God, dude, don't give it away. Oh, is this about Zach's OnlyFans page? Shh. Oh my God, John. Patreon goals. Dude, don't. <laughs> Bro, you just opened a can of worms. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Listen, uh, you'll, you'll, no one's ever, it's like a invite only. Okay. So this is not, yeah, this is not like a public thing. It's not about the money. You know what I'm saying? It's not about the money. It's about the art. And it's the about experience. the art, yeah. It's a very classy OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spunky Zach. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's super exclusive. It's only Zach. <laughs> like I said, it's invite only, dude. Yeah. You got to know. You got to be in the know, yeah. Uh, what I wanted to talk about before we got started is I wanted to kind of take a moment to kind of allow yourselves to talk through what you're doing here because we've we've spent a lot of time in eclipse innovations and all that but i i think it might be good for us as a group to kind of remind ourselves what you're 
what your goals are here. So why do you think you're at Eclipse Innovations? That's what I'm curious. So wasn't our initial goal to like get Kayon Reese? You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we're here so we can establish the current whereabouts of where Kayon Reese is. And right. And a more personal goal for Kuiper is to continue with his investigation into uh, trying to identify a little bit more on this subject from a previous employee that had worked here at one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but didn't want to bring it up beforehand primarily because, Hey, there's a lot of mon- monsters here. So <laughs> uh, they're just workers. Free, yeah. You know, they're just workers yeah, they're and wild, robots. They're, monsters. They're, they're, dry, they're zombies. So, yeah. Um, well you did, you did take out some zombies last, last time. And before that you took out a Terminator robot. And before that you took out some security class robots. And before that you attacked a cubicle farm, uh, but you did leave some of them alive. They're still hanging out, presumably back in the cubicle farm. But yeah, I think finding K on Reese is, was the main goal of coming here. And I didn't, I think it didn't take y'all too long to see that this had, for all intents and purposes, had been abandoned, uh, by Eclipse Innovations and just mm-hmm. whoever was left here was just kind of mindlessly working or, or dead. Um, <clears throat> One thing that you have found out thus far in your exploration here is that the plan to launch the Penumbra Protocol is planning on going in a week, and you found a map in Kayon Reese's office with three different uh, coordinates pushpinned on the map. So you, you have a little bit of information, but not much more than you did when you came in here. Now you still have the kind of the last bit of this office building to explore you guys are all kind of bunched up in the hall right now because you just finished taking out the reanimated employees um the room to the north where they were where most of them were at uh it was a medical lab that you can now kind of see now that you're not worried about fighting anything and this looked more like it was um a research lab and i mean if anybody wants to roll an engineering or medicine check here you're more than welcome to uh but this is kind of where we're at it's this is all still been the same day you've only been on verses i think for two days now can we 10 minute rest just in case you absolutely can if you know the party wants to do that i, would, I won't object to it i would like yeah. to spend a resolve and regain do that 10 minute rest in the uh, see, yeah. lab in the north? Nope, just right here in the hallway. Orange is just the north. I'm just gonna, the north. I'm just gonna sit down and take my 10 minutes. Uh, so, every, is everybody doing that or just a few of you? Uh, yeah, I'm doing that for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna do it to recharge some stuff. Uh, yeah. What about you, Mike? Oh, I need it worse than anybody. <laughs> right. Alright, so yeah, you can spend that resolve, get your stamina boosted back up in any um, short rest recharging abilities. Um, 
All right. Did we get some rolls? No, but I will roll a medicine check. But I think I mean, it's, can you know, you could almost take twenty on it at this point, and you know, but we'll get how, it just for funsies. How about a natural twenty? Hmm. How do you feel about that? I'm glad you wasted it on that one. I know. I feel um, <laughs> you're able to. You're able to tell that in this room there is some medical monitoring equipment. So you get the sense that this may be where they kind of watched people. Uh, you know, I think with with a natural twenty, what I'll let you into it is that you know this was kind of an observation room to see how the implants worked. You know, mm, okay. and that these zombies that you just killed are the result of what would happen if the implants go too long unchecked. You know, so all the people that you have bound up in there, you know, are, are could potentially face the same fate. Now, again, with a natural 20 and what you guys have learned prior by looking at it, they're not in immediate danger, like within minutes of of. Yeah, but like, zombies. We would, you should probably still call like the Kuwakara ambulance service or something on the way. Yeah, out, I, huh? well, I think your plan was to do that once you finished kind of yeah, clearing. Ma- make the an office. anonymous call whenever we go to leave. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, but you would you would know that if you hadn't have come here and you these the the employees that were working in the cubicle farm had they been left to just keep doing what they were doing that these chips that were installed these augmentations that were installed would drive them to work until they died and then it, they would take over and animate their bodies to continue working that's you know? wild oh that's some sick shit so so if we had neglected coming here gone decide to explore the city or do something else when we eventually if we eventually came here when we did it could have been a lot worse yeah it could have been a lot of zombies instead of just some Joe blows. Yeah, it makes makes me kind of worried about the next couple places we go, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, but the way APs work is things continue to get harder the further you go. Yeah, that is meta. (laughs) I I had heard that. I read that on a Reddit thread. It was crazy. (laughs) I read that on how to play TTRPGs. (laughs) My mind Um, is blown. Did you need a separate engineering, or was it all rolled up in? No, that that's thing? all together. Okay. <clears throat> well, but that is really all that there is in in this particular room. I will say the hallway kind of, well, it definitely does end in a T intersection, where it narrows into a hallway that goes north and a hallway that goes south. I guess we'll head south. Yeah, south. Sure. All right, Not the captain. Uh, uh, Mike, I will say that you do know that the other zombies, you know, there was five all together, and that two of them came out of this room that's kind of right next to you on the uh, east side of the map here. Okay. So yeah. I mean, Zeba would, would ask for us to poke in there, like where yeah, they came from. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, and that door's already open, um, so you guys can can kind of squeeze in there if you want um i'll tell you what you see in here eventually and eternity later (laughs) (laughs) um so within this dimly lit room a 10 foot tall terminal constructed of dark gray metal houses a computer with dual monitors accessible by two identical workstations okay um 
Well, I wish we had somebody who was really good at, like, <clears throat> computer stuff. That, that'd be nice, huh? Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah. Fell, check the computers. They, yeah, yeah, sorry, uh, a little bit distracted. And Fell walks up and... Why don't you roll a perception check first? Ooh. Does a perception check on his way. Uh, that's a 19. Okay, uh, you see that kind of on the console, there is a slot for a key card. Wow. Luckily, I have a key card. There you go. So now you can make this computer's check with a plus four. Nice. If you slide Kayon Reese's card into the slot. Uh, it's going to be a 33. Ooh, I'm sorry, that is not enough. <gasps> really? Are you? I mean, I Damn only it. rolled a nine, so that is it. fair. I guess. I'm sorry? Did you aid? I said I should have aided. Well, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll let you post aid here. Okay, cool. Post aid? Me too? That's so nice. No, not you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I auto aid. Okay. I aid as well. All right, so that takes you up another four, so that's a 37 now, right? Uh-huh. Still not enough. No, actually, the DC is 35. Oh. Okay. Um,. You know, and I'm just feeling generous mainly because it's for the, all of you listening at home. It's been like two, maybe three weeks since we've played this particular game. Um, and, you know, I, I know our computer boy in particular forgets things, so I'm trying to help out. Looking that's, out for you, Josh. That's what we appreciate Pre- about you. That's that's a backhanded compliment for all those listening at home. What? Okay, I, it is what it's it is. It's a compliment. <laughs> uh, no, all right. So that is it's a true. successful hack. And uh, what you see here is that uh, several files describing the planned installation of signal transmitters around Kuvakara. Mm. See an image of the same map that you saw in Kayon Reese's office, um, with that these are the coordinates, these three different places are the coordinates uh, where Eclipse engineers are were to install equipment. Um, you also see a document in here explaining that there was a test conducted at New Elysium and that <laughs> all of that went according to plan. Uh, yeah, mm. <laughs> Kuvakara will host stage two of the trials in approximately one week, which you already know. Uh, when Eclipse broadcasts uh, the signal to all the devices that have Penumbra installed. Additional recovered memos reference Eclipse Innovation's new headquarters, a black site on Versi's dark side, though no coordinates are listed for this facility. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. So, Fell makes a middle note to see if he can possibly change that broadcast signal instead of doing nefarious things to just play careless whisper instead <clears throat> on everybody's uh, you device. You will not be able to do it not right now. Here. I know, I'm just yeah. saying middle note to do that for later. Like, okay, I see. I mean, so, I'm guessing so, is Phil relaying this information to everyone? No, he's just thinking that. So yeah, he's really relaying what he's seeing on the screen. <laughs> he's not telling he's, you about careless whisper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's for him. Yeah. He's going to save it and rickroll all of y'all. My, my secret is I'm going to make this whole city fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a totally different signal of screams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so... I, I, 
quick question. The you said it's it's just like a diagram. Does it have a diagram of the signal booster things, or is it just the location, the the coordinates? It's just coordinates. Okay. Um, if you would like to roll a culture check to maybe establish what those coordinates, those locations are. I would very much. To. I would like to attempt yeah, can, to aid. Yeah, can you <laughs> aid with that? If so, I'm going to auto-aid. I'm not. I have a plus one, but I'm going to try it. Yeah, I've got a plus five. It's worth a shot if I'm able. Nope. I aid with an 18. Great. You okay. robes. Okay, hold on. I can do this math. You just sit back and watch. Okay, see. So I got a 28 by myself, plus how many aids? I aided. Me too. Okay, so uh, 30 total. 30 total, okay. Um, Yes, so you are able to kind of do some cross-referencing, and you can tell that there are three locations, one of which is called the Blue Room. So yeah, you, you the Blue Room is a computer cafe where you can rent a computer console. Um, that is one of the places. The second one is a place called Scuttle's Cybernetics Shop. I thought you were going to say Scuttlebutts, so, <laughs> which is like the dingy fucking strip yeah. club in Mississippi, in South oh. Mississippi. Like everybody knows Scuttlebutts, dude. I mean, I've never been um, to Scuttlebutts, but like, no, it's on the way to New Orleans, yeah, right? Like, right, 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 in Slido. Right. Yeah, is it in Slido? And yeah. And then the third one is the Lizard Lounge, which is kind of like a upscale nightclub. It sounds like uh, my kind of place. So, yeah, no, <laughs> I think that y'all should probably write those things down. Um, I mean, you know, maybe you can get try to do some intel on those at some point, but that's the Blue Room, Scuttle's Cybernetic Shop, and the Lizard Lounge. So, uh, what do you say we hop in the Armada and just go destroy these signal boosters? Like, I don't think it will end up being quite that easy-peasy. Yeah, Fel wants to see if he can triangulate what the center point is between the three of those, or like, I guess kind of have a diagram of of triangulate. Yeah, roll. Yeah, roll uh, engineering. Can anyone assist? I auto aid. Sure. Hold on, let me see. Hold on, let's see. Yep, I auto aid. I auto aid. I aid as well. So that's a thirty-one. Okay. Yeah, you. uh, It triangulates to here. (laughs) Okay. Fair. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Womp womp womp. Um. But yeah, so that's what you find in this main, you know, the master computer room of, of this location. Uh, outside of that, you know, taking 20 on perception checks, there's really nothing else in here. Uh, one thing that I'll say to kind of add on to that culture check, Ziva, is that you know that the Grand Assembly meets in the Assembly of Nations in Kuvakara's East Facet. Um, and that that group includes representatives from each member of the Ring of Nations and acts as the planetary's governing body. So if Penumbra were to launch, that would be disastrous because it would be planet-wide because these representatives from all across Verses 
are here in the city where this is going to be launched. So you're looking at a planet-wide potential corruption um, if you don't if you don't stop these. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> Cyber terrorists. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we we got right, some. So kind that's of that room. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we, which one do we want to head to first? Is well. Well, the, let's, let's finish. There's yeah. more of this here. But wait, right? there's more. There's more. <laughs> let's clear door out number the rest two. of this first. Uh, let's go to the south and uh, clear that out first. Uh, Michael, you lead yeah, the Yeah, uh, there, there is a door at the very north end of the hall, and right next to that on the east side is also a door that looks like probably goes into a bathroom uh, based just on the signage. The door to the north, uh, you can't really tell. Then there's a door all the way at the southern end of the hall, and it's flanked by doors on the west and east side. Of you the think there might be any tier hall. one analgesics in that uh, bathroom <laughs> I could re up on? <laughs> uh, maybe not in the bathroom. Some lesser removed <laughs> condition or something. Uh, so which way are you going to go? You said south first, south. I believe. Southward as we go. All right. So if you uh, the, you pass the first door, you'll pass is on your right which would be the west if you're facing south um and you it's unlocked you know and you kind of poke your head in and you see that it's just another executive office um however there doesn't seem to be anything special here that you couldn't have already found on the you know you've already been to the master computer room so yeah well there is a terminal here You've hacked the main server of this location, so you're not going to find anything new there. Um, The hall, the door across the hall, there is going to be a lab, but this is like a software development lab rather than a medical lab. Um, And once again, you see that most of the consoles and computers have been removed from here. Um, and now you now know that it's probably been relo- relocated to the black site. Nothing really of any interest in there. And then, you know, you look at that southern door, and again, it's just another cleared-out lab. So north is um, the way, then? So north would be the only other way to go at mm-hmm. this point. As I said, the door to your right is clearly a bathroom, as it's marked I want to peek such, in there and look and for then, some analgesics, man. Alright, dude. Let's check it out. Uh, turns out that this is just a bathroom, mm-hmm. and there is no first aid kit anywhere okay. to be seen. Alright, well, I had to check. I, I, dude, I respect it. Were there uh, any fancy cigars in the executive suite? <laughs> uh, let's roll a perception to see if there was. I'll say if you roll above a 25, I don't know if you can roll above 25 I, I, on perception. I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I can't. Uh, it's impossible for me. Right <laughs> so no cigars. Tell you what, let me let me roll that. Let me roll that. That's a great fucking game, dude. Let me roll that. You don't want like two week old half smoked cigars, anyways, man. No, that's smart. Never mind. Fuck that. It's the future, dude. Uh, they can. They wouldn't be just sitting out drying. It's just space tobacco. <laughs> this what kind of executive office doesn't have a humidor, yeah. dude? Yeah. Come on. Uh, all right. Northern door. Check it out. You're at it. Oh, what you gonna do? Perception. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, wait. 
hanging all the way back in the Negative. middle of the hall. <laughs> no. Now you hold the fuck on, Auden. <laughs> uh, that quite weren't uh, my lesson right, go yet. Go ahead, roll your, yeah, roll your perception. All right. Uh, you, you got a concussion or something? Maybe. <laughs> uh, yikes. That's a natural three for a 24. Got a 33. Let's see. I got a okay. 25. Uh, Alright. Well, 25, 33. You guys feel pretty confident that this door is not Laser trapped. microphone? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll roll over that 33 with the laser microphone, and you hear nothing on the other side of the Wait, door. Just yeah. open the damn door yeah. is what Adam's saying. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. Open the door. Look, you're not going to put your door troubles. <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I don't know that we should open this thing yet. Let's uh, let's delay another 15 minutes. At least. I mean, it's up to that y'all. That was a joke, Adam. Open the door. <laughs> I was dead I mean, serious. <laughs> We were not. Oh, please open From the, the door. From the back, Ziva says, "Open the goddamn door!" <laughs> yeah, so the door opens. Uh, after you, uh, Captain. Uh, so you see uh, two circular tables made of thick laminate occupy this drab beige and white room. The floor, however, is littered with broken glass, discarded medical supplies, and overturned swivel chair. Computer terminals on the tables have shattered screens and cracked keyboards. Drawers in the cabinets to the north hang open, and flecks of dried blood mar the white tile floor. But, but what about the analgesics? <laughs> oh my god! Well, <laughs> you know, I'll let you go ahead and uh, check that medical cabinet. Okay. With a pr- and in there, you do find an advanced med kit, two doses of spray flesh, two tier two antitoxins, two tier two sedatives, and four. Mark three serums of healings <gasps> and an X-ray visor. Wow! Neat. Wow! We wow! Wow! We woo! Wow! Wow! Wizzy woozy. Okay. That's awesome. But yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, there is there is some some pretty good medicinals this time mm-hmm. around. There's so I that, have uh, an advanced med kit. Um, okay. I don't really use spray flesh for anything. I mean, I could take whatever you don't want because I think I have the. I don't know, Kuiper. Do you have medicine? Uh, yes, I do. Sixteen. Do you have advanced med kit? Uh, let's see. Because your medicine is higher than mine, so if you don't have the med kit, no, no, my med kit's basic. Yeah, you take that. Take right. that pumpkin spice med kit. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, why, while they're, you know. Furfilin supplies, that's a word. Pilfering? And that's the one. That's totally yep. what I said. Yep. Um, Looting. Uh-huh. Uh, why are these computers smashed? Like, everything else has been taken. Is there any kind of... I mean, did the zombies do this so before they got out? One of the one of the computer terminals is completely broken and inoperable. Another one, it looks as if just the screen is cracked, but the, you know... The, the PC itself, the computing unit itself, doesn't seem to be damaged. It's cracked. All the information's going to leak out. <laughs> <laughs> you just hang in the back and look off. Don't patronize me, Catman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what y'all want to do up in this room here? Well, shove all of that Mike's. shit into my bag. Uh-huh. 
Except for the advanced med kit. Except for the advanced med kit. And honestly, the two tier two sedatives, because I've already got two of those. Okay. But I think Uh, we should actually kind of... Uh, I think a couple of other folks should get one of those Mark III serums of healing and not be just on me. Yeah, yeah I'd like to have one of those. Well, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't. I, I would get like. Hurt. Well, see, that's the thing. I think you should have one, and I think Kuiper should have one because so both of y'all on. have a lot of movement. So mm-hmm. you could get to somebody if shit goes sideways. That's not True. a bad idea. I've got True. four uh, Mark II serums of healing. So damn boy, I don't have any left. So yeah. I think, you know, I think you know Mike who gets hurt a lot and who one. could get to yeah. Mike quicker than any of you is Mike. That's yeah. true. Mike should but have them, but it also would use your action. I s- and if your bro fell standing next to you, he can jab you in the arm. You can keep on punching. I'll tell you what. Give Mike two, and then give. Fell and Kuiper the others. And then, uh, so I'll take the spray flesh, the antitoxins, and the x-ray visor, I think we should just hang on to. Do you guys know what it does? Because I do. I looked it up. I'm trying to pull it up. Is it a hybrid? I already got you, dog. It's a tech item. It's a level 9 tech item. Its value, its price, is 15 grand. So that means it's 1,500 credits to sell in this horrible economy. Um, <laughs> but it's a sensor worn as an adjustable vi- uh, viewer. Adjustable viewer? I thought it said visor, but viewer resting over the eyes like goggles or thick glasses. It sends out x rays and interprets the information gathered as an image it imposes over your normal vision. This grants sense through vision, though it is blocked by materials one fifth as dense as those that block normal sense through. So, two feet of wood or plastic, one foot of stone two inches of common metal or one inch of lead or any star metal. It limits you to black and white vision while in use and you don't gain the benefit of any other special visual senses such as low light vision while the visor is active and you can't attempt sight based perception checks beyond 60 feet. So basically it's like an activated on and off x-ray serum. Yes. You know what I mean? You can basically just drop that whenever mm-hmm, you want mm-hmm. it. To see through walls. Now, I mean, here's the deal. I can't technically use this as my head slot because of the other things that I'm using as my head slot. Mm-hmm. So I think it should go to the person who has the next highest perception rolls. I assume that's Kyber. So just real quick, uh, perception is 16. Yeah, you beat me by one. Yeah, you should take me. Okay. So if Kuiper's going to go ahead and take him, then he's just going to go ahead and pull off his uh, goggles and just, he's going to, Michael, yeah, and just tosses them over to him. He's going to uh, go ahead and take the uh, x-ray viewer? X-ray visor. X-ray visor. Okay. All right. That's a tech item. It actually, so um, on that. Archives of Nethys, it says sensor, X scanner, x-ray visor. It's a type of scanner. Okay. Scanner. I'll look for scanner. There's some other things in here other than this great little cache of uh, medical supplies. As I said, there is what looks to be a potentially functional computer. And if you want to use this room as a medical lab, you can. So I don't know if there's any healing that you might want to do, but considering most of you have access to advanced med kit anyway, you don't necessarily need this room to do that. I'll just put it out there that you could. 
Yeah, All actually, right. uh, I'm low on health, so I wouldn't yeah. mind at least using the advanced med kit. Same. All right, so that's going to be a treat wounds check, which is a medicine check. And with the advanced med kit, I believe that brings the DC down to a 20. All right, let's see here. Got 16 on the med, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to pass it. That's going to be a 30. That's good. So you beat it by 10, which I believe is going to give you some extra healing. It's, it's going to be one hit point per your level. And since you exceeded by five or more, you can add your intelligence modifier to the amount healed. Um, I would also like to treat wounds. I'll ask Oren to do it because he has an advanced med kit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you, Oren, can you maybe fix me up a little bit? Maybe while Fell, can you check out that computer with the crack in it? Maybe we can get a little yeah, was, uh, info. Just waiting my turn to talk. It's going to be a 29. (laughs) So you do beat it. So you can add your intelligence modifier to the level, which is 9. So that's 11 healing. Thank you. To the captain. Fel, what you going to do, my man? Fel would like to see... I know it's cracked, but like... Is it even still usable, hackable? Yeah, you can you can turn it on and it does fire up. You know, it's a little glitchy on the monitor. You just got to be careful. Like, don't okay. slide your finger over the crack. You know. Yeah, don't touch <laughs> like, it. You gotta, cut, you. You cut yourself. I'm, I'm wireless hack anyway, so or remote hack. I will say that just I you know with everybody kind of taking their time looking, one of the things that you notice in front of this desk among the items that are strewn across the floor is a smashed framed holographic picture of an elderly human man and a young male Verthani, which you recognize as Kaon Reese. You don't know the human man, uh, but you see that they're like kind of, you know, got their arms around each shoulder, each other's shoulders, smiling, cheesing for a picture, you know? Okay. Uh, Fell points that out to Kuiper. Hey, uh, you, you wouldn't happen to know this guy, would you? Not, not Kaon, the, the other one. Yeah, that's good. Oh, this one. <laughs> uh, no, you wouldn't. Okay. Uh, no, no, it doesn't look familiar. Hey, right. uh, what else do I see on the? What do I get from the computer, though? All right. So, did you roll a computer's check? No. Uh, I mean, I figured we were going to be in here for a minute and take twenty on it, or I can make the roll anyways. Uh, so you're going to have to make a roll okay. um, because you're attempting to hack. However, it's. You should be able to do this just fine. We'll go ahead and take the auto aid from Kuiper. All right. Uh, it's going to be a 30. 30 is great. Uh, the DC was 25, so you're able to hack this. And in fact, beyond that, you saw that there was a module that was required a DC 27 to hit. Uh, so you're able to access both the modules Sweet. that you see here. One of them is labeled clinical trials and the other is labeled Eclipse Mail. Uh, let's go through the clinical trials first. Alright, um, so yeah, as I said, you're able to bypass the the protections here, and um, you see that it has a video uh, containing captioned recordings of an augment, augmentation procedure referred to as PS 2.1. So you fire up the video, and you see the same old man that you saw in the photograph. Um, he's got kind of gray, stringy hair. Um, it's kind of long, not quite shoulder length, but close. And he's got like a little 
top knot pulled in the back and he's wearing a lab coat and he's got like a, a beard and some spectacles and uh, he you, you see him like looking into this like little handheld camera that he's recording this on my name is Dr. Eric Kindor and this is the testing procedures of PS 2.1 as you can see, and he like changes the camera to look out um, across like a group of maybe about five to ten, we'll say seven, Verthani laying on tables. Uh, this is some of the 35 different employee volunteers that have signed up for this new project. I am very curious to see what kind of productivity we can get out of this augmentation. He continues to comment on himself and the patient's vital signs as he verbally describes the operation during each procedure. And you sit there and, and watch him apply some anesthesia to one of the patients and then cut a hole in the back of their head and gently lift the skin and the, a little piece of the skull over and he inserts one of these augmentations directly into the you know where the spine and the in the brain connect there mm-hmm. um, and then that you know that video he's very excited and everything and he the procedure seems to go off without a hitch uh, none of the employees that are in this video look scared or like held there against their will and then you see that there's also beyond that initial video of him documenting the procedure there's then a module containing text logs of the follow-up procedures and personal observations of each patient after the surgery so as i said there was 35 total people uh that got this implant okay yeah i'd like to Um, to basically pull that the text files to be able to peruse later, like sometime this evening. Well, or... I mean, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I'm just going to tell you what they say okay. now. Um, so as it goes on, it seems that the doctor, uh, Dr. Kindor, that's Q-I-N-D-O-R, um, that as it goes and he starts to witness the deterioration of their health, that he starts expressing some misgivings about it he says you know I, I don't know if this is performing the way we should I will need to talk to Mr. Reese and give him my findings because I'm not sure that this is doing what we intended I, th- I think the ethics involved here are questionable and we might have to pull the plug on this project um, so that's what you Man, see that's in a the sure fire way to get model. killed by the corporate mm-hmm. suits dude I was going to say, they probably pulled the plug on him. Mm-hmm. Two in the back and the head. I will say because Kuiper aided, he's kind of over you know, over his shoulder, kind of reading through some of this stuff. Kuiper, you see that selected, that there was like another round of employees that were going to be given this treatment. Um, as it appears here, they had not yet received it. But it was a list of employees, and on that list of employees, you see a familiar name, Christoph. Wait, go back. Christoph? 
Yeah, right there. And I guess he, I mean, he's definitely wondering about, like, why why was he going to get this productivity module? I mean, I don't know. I, I got no idea. Uh, and just, just for my own sake, because, you know, I do have a bad memory. When you shared your story, you did mention him by name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. I did. Like, yeah. He, his name is imprinted on Ziva's like ring of whispering. He, he okay. would have never agreed to this. This would not. He would not have volunteered for this. Well, I mean, you sure uh, about considering that, I know him. All right. Well, considering uh, the state of this place and well, the work is out there. Yeah, the ones on the video seemed willing, but uh, there's. I kind of doubt that they stuck with volunteers. Adam, can can you can we tell like the ones that were there voluntarily? Do they look familiar? Are they the ones that we see? Are that we saw in the cubicles? Yeah, you definitely. So not the cubicles. You saw the first people that were the first of the thirty-five, and. You recognize them as the zombies that you just fought. Okay. There is another module um, available to you. Yeah, and then fell in Kuiper. It's the Eclipse Mail module. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, if if that was it for the medical logs, then let's check out that mail. This uh, contains Doctor Kindor's private inbox. Uh, it contains a full record of the medical director's communications within the company. Uh, many of the messages are mundane invitations to meetings, medical supply orders and such, uh, reports sent to HR about sick or injured employees. And you do find that there was a directive from Kuiper specifically, or not Kuiper, I'm sorry, Kayon Reese, specifically saying that it was like a list of people, uh, but Christoph's name included, that this is who has been selected for the next run of the trials of this technology. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting that it, the language selected was used because right. the first 35 were all volunteers, right. you know, um, and volunteer is the language that was used in all the emails that you're reading through here now up until is about a collection of 10 to 15 other employees as the second wave. Um, and they were selected. That's the words that were used. You also see a group message in the outbox titled Employee Volunteers and uh, announces that the recipients of this message have been selected to participate in the employee-exclusive clinical trial of brain augmentation developed to enhance productivity and improve stress management. So this is the, the email that has Christoph's name in it. Um, the message details compensation for the volunteers, including a sizable credit transfer and free copies of the Penumbra app for anybody that, that does it. Um, I will note that there is there was an email. The last email that is here is a personal email between the doctor and Kayon Reese. And Kayon Reese had said to the doctor that he wanted to speed up Kristoff's 
installment and then go ahead and transfer him to the black site. Oh. His cover must have been blown. Yeah, it uh, definitely seems like uh, like he, he most likely got found out. And what, what more convenient way could you get rid of somebody around here, you know? I always told him he should be more cautious. But to... To clarify, Kristoff was found dead in his apartment by Kuiper, right? Kuiper, you're correct. So he didn't get the augmentation. They killed him or he killed himself or something before that took place. Or at least yeah, before they moved say, him. I would say that, you know, you, Emily, are piecing together what Kuiper is probably intuiting right. that. That instead, you know... What he knows about the Kristoff situation, that Kristoff was worried about some shady dealings going on in Eclipse Innovations. People were disappearing. And he must have, very likely that he knew that he was being targeted. Mm -hmm. And so he probably did kill himself to avoid the fate of whatever was happening to the Eclipse Innovation employees. Which is why he then left a message in his cheek pouch for whoever might find him. Because he was anticipating... Mm -hmm. Kuiper's arrival. So you know what? I'll give you an inspiration for for that, Emily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take yeah. it. Killed Just... himself. Mm. Okay. So this one is from Twisted Enigma. The Twisted Enigspiration. Okay. Uh, it's from Kevin. And it says, Hey you. Use these words and do better at the thing you're trying to do right now. I like believing you and stuff. <laughs> d- that's a I pretty did, appropriate inspiration yeah. for Emily. Yeah. I know. think that's the yeah. uh, best yeah. I could yeah. possibly hope for. <laughs> mm, yeah. Solid. All right, thank you, yeah. Kevin. Thank you. Appreciate it. Solid. Yeah, that's. I believe that was your first on the show. So mm-hmm. congrats there. Um, okay, so let's keep it moving here. Um, that is all that you find on the computer, Phil. Uh, like relayed uh, information. So, yeah, absolutely. So Warren just says, Those corporate fucks don't care whose lives they ruin. Surely he had to have a computer around here. Right here somewhere. I mean, Christoph? Yeah, you would think it'd probably be somewhere in the cubicle farm, knowing what you know about his position in the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Oren, that's, that's that's pretty pretty obvious that they don't care about these people. Uh, you know, look at uh, look at New Elysium. Look what they're doing now. <laughs> it, yeah, they don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. It's your friend. <laughs> yeah, he's your fucking friend, though. <laughs> was. I don't think the man that I was a friend with is, is... I don't think it's him anymore. That could be you with a productivity module in your neck. You're probably Phil right. reaches back and is like exocortex. Um, exocortex. Yeah. <laughs> like he literally does. Where do you think he got the idea? <laughs> I mean, where do you think he got? Like Phil kind of. I don't came up. This is all your fault. Oh my god! This is all your fault, Jesus! Oh no! <laughs> oh no, guys! I messed up. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> well, I thought it's why we could have nice things. <laughs> all right, give me your wrench. Give me a wrench. <laughs> this is why you couldn't. No, this this is why you couldn't solve the signal of screams with the signal jammer because <laughs> you are the signal of screams. How wild God. would that be? Oh, um, man. 
Adam's like, oh no, they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my God, why didn't I think of that? Next week on Devastation Art. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we just right, have to so murder Fel. Should. That'll be great. Yeah, yeah. So look, that's how you beat the signal screams. Just look so, after that. That's what they want us to think. They want us to turn against each other. Okay, <laughs> stop. My, <laughs> Mike cracks his knuckles. So I know that Fel has all of that information, you know, saved in his his brain bank. Uh, but Ziva would like to just kind of basically, you said that the picture of the doctor with Kaon Reese was like a hollow pic or something like that. Mm-hmm. Can can I just like, I don't know, screen grab an image of the doctor and just keep it on my... Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do you that. You got a unit. It's, uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, take screenshots with it. Yeah, we do that. Hey, so how do you guys picture the comm units in Starfinder? I always imagine them like the Expanse commute. You know what I'm saying? Like the little... Yeah. kind of like that to me. They're like super advanced yeah, it's, iPhones, it's, but they're it's like... It's an iPhone, but like it's just like a glass. really fancy one. I feel so, like that you can insert them. Like you can either wear it on your wrist or it's like... Like it's a wearable more <laughs> than like what a I was phone. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like think like a, an actual modernized Pip-Boy. You know, not the big chunky thing from the Fallout games, but like mm. screen on your wrists and or... Holographic projection like or something. I was thinking it was yeah. on like Kuiper's collar, but See, that would be I, kind of like, eh. All of those models. are valid. Orin yeah. wants an old school, like a all- flip one that's just not quite as advanced <laughs> as everybody else's. Orin wants a jitterbug. <laughs> <laughs> I got the zoom, y'all. <laughs> I hear it's got the new thing. Got some zoom stock. It's going to take off. I hear it's the new thing. Put all the way on Jennings on this thing. Uh, yeah, I would say it's, my Merle Haggard sounds way better on the zoom. <laughs> Orn is just Nick Offerman. <laughs> like he's just this is an excellent rectangle. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Uh, all right, so you want to try to find Kristoff's um, workstation? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, all right, so I mean, you guys have explored. You now know that you explored the floor plan of the office. Yeah. Um, so you're going to go back and kind of deal with the um, afflicted employees. And I th- imagine while Mike and Phil are kind of, I don't know, gathering them up, getting getting them in a position to be picked up, that Kuiper, you're just kind of glancing through, yeah. and you find his cubicle. And, uh, you know, I'm going to let you take 20 on the computer's check just because you've already pretty much hacked into the network here. Um, you see that his terminal has been wiped clean. That there is nothing on his terminal, um, and that there there was like a, a a flag to move his login to the black site. Um, I will say though, as you're looking at it, I think you're kind of overcome with memory, and so we're gonna do a f- doodly do like some like. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you guys ready? It's been a hot minute. Since we Hands prepped. Hands prepped. Hold on. Let me stretch you gotta my stretch fingers. these fingers out. These go. fingies. Yeah. You gotta stretch the doodly fingers out. I feel like out. I need to go grab a, grab a cookie. We do have a mm. dozen doodly do doodly do? on the kitchen table <laughs> right now. Got yourself a doozly dudden. Mm-hmm. From Critical Hit Cookies, by the way. Go get you some. Get you some of them doodly doos. All right. Y'all ready? Ready. They're doodly delicious. Doodly doodly 
We see Kuiper standing on a platform, waiting for the maglev train to decelerate and open its transport doors. Kuiper takes a seat and stares out through the window as he waits for the boarding process to complete. Rain droplets pepper the elongated windows, warping the neon lighting that crowns many of the hard and angular buildings here in Command Prime. As the maglev transport begins its departure, the droplets slowly fade as the ziggurats and skyscrapers blur by, and Kuiper drifts, lost in thought. Very recently, an email hit the Patra's inbox and automatically flagged as spam. It followed a string of other transmissions, all innocuous in their content. An unremarkable advertisement, the email disguised its true nature, a meeting with an old Yusoki contact. These meetings always carry an air of mystery and take place during the infrequent rains that occur around Command Prime. Vesk prefer hot, dry climates and are in fewer numbers during wet weather. What is it that the Yusoki wants? It has been a while since his last visit. What is so important? Priding himself as an information broker, the Yusoki is in reality more of a blackmail specialist and a hacker of extraordinary capability. Kuiper's thoughts are interrupted when the maglev slows as it reaches the destination. Its doors open and he waits for any other passengers to disembark before leaving the transport himself. Kuiper keeps his eyes toward the transport doors, checking to see if anyone else makes any last-second departures before heading off the platform and down the stairs. The street lamps cast their light over the main walkways, cutting shafts through the darkness and exposing any sense of secrecy. Less than amiable Vesk walk these streets. With too much time and misdirected energy, they get their kicks in harassing Command Prime's secondary citizens. Kuiper's gotten used to the second-class treatment he endured, even though he's serving the Empire just as much as they are. Hell, the enemy cared not whether the blood they spilled was Vesk or Patra, so why should the Veskarium care? A few intercycles and cruisers pass, none seem to notice Kuiper. Here in the outer districts of Command Prime, no one really pays attention to anyone else. Even though he's military, although in the reserves now, Kuiper still feels uneasy. Local law enforcement is slow to respond out here, and reporting activities would likely get you killed. As if on cue, his arm throbs with a dull pain, serving as a reminder of his injury. The drop in atmospheric pressure when it rains makes it a periodic occurrence, as if revisiting an old memory. After making a few turns, his destination comes into view, an abandoned service tunnel from long ago. Kuiper approaches. His eyes adjust naturally to the enveloping darkness, removing any need for artificial light. That would only announce his presence, and he knows the Yusoki's strict policy for secrecy. Finding the hidden buzzer, he performs a sequence of presses and holds to announce his arrival. An audible click comes from a false panel, permitting the Patra's entry into this domain. Stepping inside, the pungent smells of spices and ozone assault Kuiper's senses. Above him, a dense canopy of cables cover the ceiling, sprawling in all directions. To his side, various gauges and colors of utility piping jut forth from the concrete walls only to be partially covered by a wide array of hollow screens depicting security feeds and automated scripts. 
A melodic timbre of Akatonian music envelops the space, giving an otherworld characteristic to this chamber. In the center, its architect sits half minding the Patra's arrival while he finishes the last details of a circuit board. I'm here, Christoph. I know, Christoph responds tersely, using his soldering iron to point to the security feed where he had verified him. Moments later, he looks up and regards Kuiper, with a set of magnifying lenses appended to one eye. I trust you weren't followed? No, I stayed out of the night and spoke with no one. Let me see your arm. Not realizing, Kuiper's hand had drifted to his sore arm. In a shared glance, he acquiesces. Sitting in a chair too small and a table too low, Kuiper looks comical, as if sitting in as a guest for a child's tea party. Regardless, he extends his arm to the Isoki. Allow me to remove that thorn from your paw, Patra, he says, smirking as he takes hold of Kuiper's prosthetic. Kuiper reacts with a dramatic eye roll and replies, Your humor is wasted here. Why don't you get a job as a comedian? Something tells me that my humor might be too highbrow for the Vescarian. <laughs> Kuiper's view drifts over the Yosoki's room while Kristoff tinkers away at the Patra's appendage. An aromatic stew sits in one corner, half finished. A stack of books rests in an adjacent corner. Kuiper quietly reads off the titles to himself. The Grand Hoax, Exploring the So-Called Gap. The Aslantis Heist of Galarian. And finally, Insidious Infiltrators, the Unseen Greys. Why do you read this trash? Kuiper winces as he feels a flash of pain roll up his arm. Oh, is that too tight? As the Yosoki continues his work, Kuiper recalls the event that led him to his encounter with Kristoff. Several months after his prosthetic integration, the political climate of Vesk Prime had become heated. In a period that followed the Emperor's abdication, a portion of the Vesk population felt the action was premature and took it out on its secondary citizens. Kuiper, now in the reserves, worked alongside the Division of Criminal Extirpation in quelling the unrest. It was a tough time for law enforcement and military alike. The thought of turning your weapons on your own people didn't sit well. While patrolling a designated route in District 91, Kuiper was tasked with an informal assessment of the surrounding building's structural integrity after an explosion occurred nearby just a day before. Along his path, he discovered a lump covered in dust. Approaching, he was able to identify the body of a Yosoki pinned underneath heavy debris, its leg crushed by the massive weight. Instinct had taken over, and Kuiper immediately pulled a tourniquet from his gear and tightened the crushed limb before performing an impromptu transtibial amputation. Kristoff <coughs> clears his throat, bringing the Patra back to the present. The Yosoki releases his arm and puts down the tools. A soft clink of metal against the floor is audible as Kristoff slides out of his chair. Beyond the table... A low whir emits from the motors in the Yosoki's leg prosthetic as his weight shifts. Over here, Kristoff says as he gestures and the pair walk toward a particular hollow screen. A live stream of Brutaris shrinks from the forefront and is replaced by a personnel database as Kristoff accesses the terminal. A green banner splashes across the top of the display, stylized with an imposing font that simply reads A.V. In the middle... The contents of two 
Vesk appear, including a brief description along with career and education. A flash of panic invades the Potter's mind. How did you get access to the army of the Vescarium? Kewaleta, you don't want this kind of heat. Ignoring his warnings, Kristoff says, Just look! Taking another look at the screen, it finally registers. Vesk, on the right, is Stuart Kesh, the officer who facilitated Kuiper's recovery. Why are you showing me Stuart Kesh? I keep an interest in the going-ons of parties I deal with. Meeting the Potter's furious gaze, he continues, You should be grateful that I do. I've intercepted communications between the steward and this other one. It appears you were not aware of his true intentions. Intentions? You've become popular in some circles for your actions on Kestoval, and some of the brass have taken notice. Others don't want to see another up-and-coming Patra rise to an officer. They see it as an embarrassment. They plan to take action soon. Something permanent, if you catch my drift. You'll need to take control of this situation. Kuiper's eyes met Kristoff's, understanding the gravity of his suggestion. And who is this other Vesk? Is it his intention as well? This Vesk is a nobody, more subservient than his peers. He lacks any boldness that one would typically find in the Vesk. His only importance is that he shares the steward's sentiments. Obviously, his interests are self-serving. Before Kuiper can give it any further thought, Kristoff continues. Considering the sensitivity of this issue, I would advise against any standard-issue weaponry. Come over here. The pair walk over to a crate with a tarp over it. Kristoff removes the tarp, revealing an assortment of weapons. One of these should do the trick. No paperwork and untraceable. The initial surprise wears off as Kuiper familiarizes himself with the arsenal. Uh, I think this will do. What do I owe you for this information? <laughs> Consider this a favor. When the time is right, you will know. And we fast forward several days. Kristoff was good on his intel. It's night at the pier, and Vesk Prime's single moon makes its voyage across the sky. In the distance, two Vesk are talking as they walk. Kuiper crouches behind a set of crates, uncertain whether to shoot them dead or try talking. Kuiper isn't the best at diplomacy, and he reads the communications himself. There doesn't seem to be any other way. He can hear them approaching as they turn down the dock. This can't get back to the brass. I'm not going to stand for a military tribunal. We're removing the stain, not adding to it. <clears throat> Irritated, the steward responds. We've gone over this. It won't come back on us. You know, sometimes I wonder if your shell was softened before you were hatched. Kuiper tries to calm his heart and mind as he hears boot on gravel. They're close. It's now or never. Springing forward, Kuiper comes out from behind the crate with a rotating pistol in hand and aims directly at the two Vesk. The pair come to a stop, looking first at the weapon, then at Kuiper. Calm and smoothly, the steward says, What you got there, Kip? You look angry. Is everything all right? Why don't you put down the weapon? You're making my friend and I uncomfortable. Isn't that right? 
The other Vesk, looking guilty, says, Whatever this is about, I'm sure we can talk it out. The hammer clicks, interrupting the Vesk. Pounding his chest, Kuiper yells out, Why are you planning to kill me? I've served the Empire. I've done nothing to you. Fumbling over his words, the other Vesk responds, Look, we don't know what you're talking about if you just let us go. Clearly tired of the charade, the steward interrupts his comrade. Fuck it. The steward pivots and in a flash is wielding a cavitation pistol. You've had this coming, Kite. A glob of plasma coats the steward's head, melting it into a superheated stump. Before Kuiper can react, the other Vesk's head is coated and melts in the same fashion. A lean figure invades his periphery, stepping calmly from the shadows of a shipping crate, his face dimly lit by the final embers of the cigarette in his mouth. Kuiper's seen this one before. It's you, from the hospital. Why did you do that? Who are? Who I am doesn't matter. The Vesk face takes on an orange hue as he lights another cigarette. Looking at Kuiper's gun, he scolds the Pacha. You look ridiculous with that antique. Give me the gun. You're not some trash hitman, Kuiper. It won't be long before someone else tries again. What will you do then? You weren't ready this time. Not really. You're rotting in the reserves. If you want experience, go seek this man. Rebuffed, the Potter takes a card offered by the cigarette-smoking Vesk. The card reads, Fangs of Damaritosh, Dashko Specialist, Sobak. Confused, the Potter exclaims, A Dashko Specialist? What the fuck? Looking up, the Vesk has already disappeared. Only a burning cigarette on the ground in front of him. In the distance, sirens are approaching. Kuiper runs. Uh, yeah, mm. another great Kuiper flashback. Mm. Good job, John. Thank you, thank you. Kuiper, what's your deal, babe? What you what you doing? <laughs> everybody else it's not me i'm just trying to live my life it's it's what he's not doing he said i'm not gonna hate crime today heard that so bro. so more layers of the, more layers of the onion peel back um and you know you kind of shake out of your reverie kuiper and you know you did you did owe Kristoff. you know he yeah he got you out of a pinch and i wonder if you don't feel I mean, you tell me but you were kind of too late yeah. for Kristoff to save him. And Kuiper is just kind of like just you can almost kind of like a wave of exhaustion just from emotion. Just you know, it just kind of goes over him because it's just like he's he's gone through this before. He's grieved for his the loss of Kristoff already. And it's just you know, at this point, he's just like rubs his face. You know, just trying to like okay we need to focus but at the same time i'm gonna do this for you you know i want to get this taken care of well it's a lot weighing on your mind um i I think as you guys are collecting the remaining employees 
the plan was to to just kind of put an anonymous call in, right, and just have somebody come and find yeah, like, them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like an ambulance. So they can move them to the foyer you know, at least. Like, let's call. Like, surely there's some sort of trauma team. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There, there's ambulances yeah. in versus, particularly in Cooper Just, Cara, There's bodies like, everywhere. Yeah. There's smashed glass. <laughs> it's a fucking massacre uh, in here at Eclipse Innovations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll say that uh, uh, as you're pulling out your phone, fell it like rings like as you're like pulling out your comm unit, and you see, you know, the caller ID because that's a thing in the future and uh, now. Except yeah. on Oren's good uh, old flip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it shows a number. It, it, it Anybody says, know 63172? <laughs> no, this one says uh, mom, and it has a particular ringtone that's specific to your mom. Oh, wow. uh, your mom's calling you. Oh, special well. ringtone. jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, really? Um, uh, so are, are we... Where are we right now? Have we left, or are we on the way out? Are we in the car? Uh, it's wherever you were gonna be when you were calling to. Yeah. We're probably still in the like. Yeah, main Hi, room. Phil's mom. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fell looks at his his uh, communicator and just like turns around, answers sheepishly. Uh, hello, Felonomarana. You are here on Versys after seven years, and you haven't called your mother yet? That is ridiculous. Now, I don't understand why you don't want to talk to your mother. I, I, I raised you. I took care of you. We, we made things good for you. Listen, I, I'm coming to the, to the city. Ma- We're going to have dinner, and you're going to tell me what's going on. Your Ma- father's already getting things packed in the car. We're coming. Ma- uh, you, what? What, Fel? It's good to talk to you. Uh, I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm it'd be sorry. nice. I haven't heard from my boy in seven, seven God bless him <laughs> years. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so you better be prepared. Put on your nicest suit, whatever you got. We're coming to dinner. I already know where you're staying. Your friend Bevan, 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 Bevan told us what's going on. Um, so uh, yeah. Expect us there. We want to hear all about what you've been doing since you left Versys. I'm sure that you've been doing amazing things. You're my beautiful little boy. We'll see you soon. Have you settled down with a nice young lady yet, Fel? (laughs) (laughs) I I want some grandbabies. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, Fel? I've got to get ready to go. I've got, I've got to make myself up. I'm gonna, I'm not coming to the city and not be. Yeah, I'm not gonna come to the city. Without prettying myself up, come on. Okay, okay, I don't get to go to the city very much. You yeah, know? we'll. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll, t- we'll talk. I'll, I'll message you. We'll coordinate when and where. Okay. Yeah, we'll see you. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, we please can we please retcon that and say that he accidentally <laughs> put that on speaker phone? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can say that. Oh my god. Well, then Ziva just smiles so fucking oh, cheesy grin. <laughs> oh, my God.